He didn't need to be baptized in the same sense that we need to be baptized. See, when we're baptized, we are symbolically washed and cleansed of the sin that we have in our life. Well, Jesus didn't sin. He was not a a flawed human being. He was God in human form, fully man and fully God at the same time. The baptism that we take in is is to, to show symbolically the unification that we have through our faith in Jesus. Jesus' baptism was a marking point of his ministry for what's going to be happening so that we can be baptized and have this unified part of our lives next. Thank you for joining us on the Orangewood Church Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on our latest news and events. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube for more content and to know when we are live. We hope today's message inspires you and leads you closer in your walk with God. Well, good morning again, church. Um, Let's get a couple things open and going here. All right, so um, first things first, I want to say to the GCU students, welcome back. Glad to have you with us again. Hope you guys had a great break, and uh, it's always a joy to see you guys here. And uh, just want to let you guys know, GCU students, uh, we pray for you all. Um, this church loves you, and we support you. So just uh, want to say thanks for who you are and what you're going to be doing for yourselves and for your communities as you learn and grow and move on through your education. So is that cheesy enough to welcome you back with? Was that good? All right. Well, I forgot to mention last week that we are in a new sermon series. I think it was fairly obvious because we weren't talking about the 12 days of Christmas, uh, but we are in this series called Starting Points. I realized that on Friday afternoon that I did not mention that last week. So if you were curious or going like, Pastor, what are you doing? Like, I just didn't think of it. Um, but last week we, we spent some time uh, diving into the truth that Jesus is still relevant in our lives today. Um, Relevant in the sense that like how he teaches us and shows us how to love people is how we need to love people. They're, people are image bearers of God, regardless of their situation in life, whether they chose to be in a situation or not, or however, you know, young, old, rich, poor, and all that stuff in between. Like people, human beings are image bearers of God, and we need to treat people as such because Jesus says they are his creation. Um, this week... Our next starting point, it deals with uh, Jesus and baptism, all right? Really, like, why do we baptize people? Did Jesus need to be baptized? And what is it about baptism that's so important that the church does this and participates in this? And so I know that there's probably a few of you that have been baptized. Uh, just for the sake of understanding, for my own curiosity, how many of you have been baptized so far in your life? Great. Awesome. Um, if you haven't, don't worry. This is not like I'm going to like chase you down and go, go get baptized. Um, this is a decision you need to make. But I was just curious to see how many people were in this, in this building here. And uh, I'm glad to see as many hands as we did. Um, I was baptized myself. Um, you, you might know the story. I'm not sure. I'll share with you a little bit of it pretty, pretty brief, briefly. Um, I was baptized when I was in high school, 16, 17 years old. I don't remember my age. Uh, I was part of a small church in Apache Junction. And... We didn't see a lot of baptisms, so I didn't know what the protocol was. I didn't know what they were going to do. Uh, and when we found out that evening that they put us all in white robes and had us march down the center all the way to the dreaded front row, right? 
And I'm amazed, like in the midst of COVID, no one will still sit in the front row. Like you would much rather like take your chances sitting next to someone than sit in the front row. <laughs> it's just, it's, it is what it is. It's great. Um, it's all the spit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Is that better? Did I get it all? Am I good? But they sat us in the front row in these white robes, and it was weird, to say the least, right? Um, and then they, the pastor had asked us in the front row, and I'm glad I was like the third or fourth one in the row, because he had asked people, well, what hymn do you want to sing? Because we sang out of the hymnal in that church. And so like, we would call out the numbers, right? Anyone remember that? Call out the number. That's, that's the hymn you want to sing. Um, so people would start calling out their number, and they'd sing that song. And I was like, oh, I don't know the numbers to these things. I know a few hymns. I wasn't one that paid attention to the songs during church. I just, I was there. And um, so I chose This Is The Day, and that was great. But our friend Matt, who was sitting right next to me, um, tongue-in-cheek kind of a guy, he called out his number, and he knew what he was doing, and he called out his number, and the pastor flipped over to it, and he goes, do you want to sing this? Because he chose, because in the hymnals they have national anthems, he chose, oh, Canada. Um, so, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going to sing that one. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. I miss Matt. He was fun. But as any baptismal in the 90s, the water was frigid and freezing cold, um, but the water and the frigidness didn't last very long because it was a really unique experience. Um, it was kind of this culmination of, yeah, this is who I follow. Um, I'd been a part of the church for a couple years. I've heard about baptisms. Um, I, my understanding of the baptisms is that's just what Christians should do. If you're following Jesus, you need to be baptized. That's really the extent of my knowledge of it and and. You guys know me that I, I don't like to make things too terribly complicated. So like if Jesus said to do it, we do it. Like that's as simple as that. I, I, I don't need a lot of reasonings behind it. So when I was asked, like, are you ready to be baptized? I'm like, well, yeah, Jesus did. So why shouldn't I? It seems simple enough. So I went through and I did it. It was great. But now that I'm a little bit older, you know, there, there is some deeper meanings to it. So why, right? Like why did Jesus even get baptized? So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 3. We're going to be in two different sections I'm going to read initially. Luke chapter 3, then Matthew chapter 3. You can open up to either one or both if you want. Um, either is fine. Both of them are of the same story of Jesus' baptism. One gives more account than the other, at least from what we're reading. And um, here it is in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 22. It says, when everyone was being baptized, Jesus also was baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came down on him in bodily form like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven saying, You are my son, whom I dearly love, and you I find happiness. And that's out of the Common English Bible. And I want to jump over to Matthew chapter 3, and I'm going to read from the message paraphrase. I'm going to start in verse 13 and go to the end of the chapter. It's a little bit longer account of this very same moment. And it says, Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John to baptize him. John objected, I'm, not, I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment uh, Jesus came up out of the baptismal water, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing on him. 
and along with the Spirit, a voice. This is my Son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. So why? Well, there's also, I didn't put it in there. I didn't realize there's another version called the easy-to-read version. I thought that was kind of cool. And in there, it says this. Let me find it. It says, why, why is Jesus saying he needs to be baptized? He says, we should because God said it was right. Simple as that. Now, in my oversimplified way of thinking sometimes, I get frustrated at, at, the, at the opposite of things where culturally speaking, we just are inundated and almost forced to think and act skeptically. Because we see people in, in powers that be that they, they do things that are corrupt or are allegedly to be corrupt. And we see bosses and people in charge not always following the rules. We see things that happen that are injustices. And then we, we are just almost trained by default to not trust and be very skeptical and be very harsh when things are very simple. And it's very frustrating because I think that kind of has killed a little bit of our own drive as a church sometimes where we want to be so open and say, yes, this is true, this is great. And then even in the church, we go, but why? Which is not necessarily bad to question things. No, don't hear me wrong. But the, the skepticism that we have as a culture is not so much about finding truth, but it's about just proving someone wrong sometimes. And that's harsh. And we have to battle against that, right? Like we have, this is my own little rant, sorry. Like when I was writing this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much like not skepticism here. Like just, just taking Jesus's words as it is. And being okay with that. Sometimes we have, a tr- we have trouble just taking people's words for words and what they mean right when they, what, what they're trying to say. And Jesus says, we should do this because God said it's right. That should be enough for us. Jesus' words should be enough for us. But yes, there are deeper meanings. We're going to dive into those deeper truths. But I, I, I'm curious. Like, you know, I know that Jesus walked the earth 2,000 years ago, and there were skeptics there, namely the Pharisees, right? But if, if he were to walk the earth today, would he be more frustrated at us than he did with the, with the Pharisees? And I'm not even sure if he was frustrated with the Pharisees or maybe just trying to get them to understand. Is there, is there a different level of skepticism? And I'm kind of like just thinking out loud with that. Like, I'm not sure where we're going with that part, but I just, I'm just curious, right? Like, think about like how, how you, you act on things and, and how many times you question things. Is, is, is the questioning because you want a deeper truth or a deeper understanding? Or is it because you're trying to, like, you already have something in your mind where someone's, you're trying to prove someone wrong or you just, you just have this, no, you're not really right. Tell me why you're right because I don't believe you're right. Anyway, okay, rant's over. We're going to move on. Did Jesus need to be baptized? The short answer, uh, weirdly enough, uh, not weirdly enough, um, no, he didn't, but yes, he did. There we go. He didn't need to be baptized in the same sense that we need to be baptized. See, when we're baptized, we are symbolically washed and cleansed of the sin that we have in our life. Well, Jesus didn't sin. He was not a a flawed human being. He was God in human form, fully man and fully God at the same time. The baptism that we take in is, is to, to show symbolically the unification that we have through our faith in Jesus. Jesus' baptism was a marking point of his ministry for what's going to be happening so that we can be baptized and have this unified part of our lives next. His baptism was 
was there because he was coming to fulfill the Old Testament law and prophecies. His baptism points to what he's going to accomplish. His baptism is also there as the example for what we need to do. So in short, like, no, he doesn't need to be baptized in the sense that we are baptized, but yes, he does. Because what we see in that, we see in, in his baptism, as it happens, as he's coming out of the water, we see this incredible moment of the Holy Spirit coming down on him and the voice of God saying, like, this is my son, I'm pleased with him. Like, I love this, this is great. And then he's ushered off into the wilderness for 40 days. It's a starting point of, of the greatness of what we read in the Gospels. So if he did it, should we? And should we still do this? Should we still baptize people? Again, ready? Short answer? Yes, right? That's it, go home, amen, see you later, right? Like, yes, we do. Why? Because of the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20, it says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, which is really just weird at this point. I'm sorry, like, if you've seen Jesus walk on this earth, die, resurrect, and walk again another for 40 days on this earth before he ascends into heaven, like, why are you still doubting? I don't understand it because we're on this side of history and like, that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe there's a different reason why they doubted then. But like, we've seen so much greatness, like, why? They're still skeptics, right? But then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So yes, we need to continue baptizing people until the end, until Jesus returns. We are commanded to do this because it symbolizes the union that we have with Jesus in his death and resurrection. See, when we give our lives over to Jesus, like by faith we are saved. And so like when we go through baptism, we are showing people that, yes, I am, this is who I stand for. This is who I'm with. This is who I'm willing to die for. And that's like, that's literally part of what following Jesus means that we are willing to die for him. So baptism is like a a flag in the ground. This is it. This is who I follow. You guys are aware of that, like, and back in the days when military used to like, they throw up a flag in front of them and march down, like this is who they stand for. This is who they fight for. They, they, they walk behind this flag. That's essentially what, when we are baptized, this is it. This is who we fight for. This is who we die for. This is who we follow. And when we do that, when we take this stuff on, we're just being made aware of the power of the cross and the death and the resurrection for what Jesus has done in our life. And this water washes over us and it's symbolic of washing away our sins and regenerating us into this new life. And not just this life where we can just live hunky-dory lives. It's, it's this life that we live that we can thrive in. That's the children's church going on. Don't worry. Everything's okay with the building. <laughs> and so we baptize the symbolic moment to show that we're connected to Jesus for eternity. And we baptize... In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why? What's the purpose and the point of saying God's three names like that? It's because we can't do it on our own. We are dependent on all three parts of the Godhead following Jesus. When we pray, when we baptize, 
and we say these names, we say them because in one sense, we're asking God to bless this moment because we believe that it is a holy, sanctified moment. And we openly name the triune God because we are dependent on him for salvation. So maybe then when we baptize, and because we, we, we typically say this, so you guys probably know, we baptize so-and-so in the name of the Father and the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit, and then we sprinkle, pour, dip them in the water, right? Maybe we need to start saying, we'll say, Claude, because you're right there. Claude, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because you are completely unwilling and unable to save yourself on your own accord. You're fully dependent on God. Here we go. Maybe that's how we need to start saying things so we can kind of grasp on to the reality of what's going on when we baptize people. Like, this moment is culminating. We're already saved, and now you're telling the world. So then the weird part comes in. So when I was writing this, I, I essentially like wrote every question out and like just kind of followed my train of thought through the questions. If we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, if we believe baptism is great, is baptism required for salvation? Any takers? No. But wait, it's commanded that we do it. How, how, how does, that, does, that doesn't work. How, how do we explain this, right? How do, we, how do we say, like, it's not necessarily required to be baptized, but yet we're commanded as believers to go baptize people. Salvation comes by faith. So no, baptism isn't a requirement for salvation. Strongly encouraged, though. Salvation... Forgiveness of sins unites us with Christ. That bond is connected. Baptism portrays that unity. The baptism is the outward expression of the spiritual truth. And the difference also is the disciples are commanded to go do. When you preach the gospel to the nations, baptize them because they're going to believe. It's kind of a two-part thing. For salvation, what's required? Believe. Have faith. Know. Trust Jesus. Baptism is an action of, of this, this holy moment, culminating the whole thing, saying, inward, outward, this is who I follow. So then, if it's not necessarily required... Do you sprinkle them? Do you pour water on them? Do you immerse them? Which one do you do? Yes. Who said yes? Thank you. Yes. So, my little pot shot, you know, shot across the bow to any of the pastors watching this. If they're out there, if a pastor's out there saying that you have to do it a certain way, they're seeing scripture short-sighted. Salvation by faith alone. Baptism is an act of that faith. It doesn't save you. There's nothing in there saying you have to have it done a certain way. We typically immerse people because it's just a bigger, it's, it's just a lot more fun that way. Let's just be honest. Sometimes people need to be baptized a little longer, and so we 
hold them down. No, we don't do that. Um, pastoral jokes so kind of run through our head. We're good people, I promise. Um, but there's no one particular right or wrong way to be baptized. So I don't want you stressing out that if you're a part of a church that sprinkled you, said that's the way it had to be done, and you're like, oh, I was never immersed. It doesn't matter. What matters is the heart of the issue. See, I believe God's grace is more sufficient than what we pour ourselves with and douse ourselves with water. You get to choose. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's not required, but it's strongly encouraged. Baptism is a great moment for the church to celebrate with you. That's another reason why we do this. In, in Sparks, we did it. Uh, Sparks, Reno, same thing. Um, we started doing it as this big celebration. It was a lot of fun. Like we'd be playing music and people being baptized. And as people came out, all of a sudden you hear these loud cheers. Because it is. It's exciting to see people baptized. It's another person standing for the faith. It's awesome. We are proud of you. This is amazing. And what was great is like as you hear that, one of the big things that kind of like reminds us through scripture is that the angels rejoice, right? So if we're clapping loud, man, what's the sound in heaven like? Thunderous, pretty incredible. But that's all fine and good, right? Baptism is great. We see it in the New Testament, but is baptism even, is it fully scriptural? Because I want us to make sure that we're not just seeing a part of scripture and trying to make something out of that, right? We don't just read one verse and say, well, that's what it says, so we're just going to go with it. We want to be a people that see Scripture as a whole, from start to finish, beginning to end, all has the common theme all the way through. So is there a baptism in the Old Testament? Yes and no. Not in the way that we see it in the New Testament, but we do see baptism. We do see the immersion of water. And weirdly enough, I'm going to speak from the New Testament to show this from the Old Testament. So here we go. First Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 22 says, For Christ also suffered once for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, that's key, in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built, in it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the, from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. See, Peter's connecting the account of Noah and the flood to baptism. Peter says that the water is not for cleansing the dirt, but, for the, but the water represents God saving us, and it clears our conscience toward following God. So in the flood account, if you go back to it, God was starting over again from the original creation. In Genesis chapter 6, 5-8, through 8, it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and every, that every inclination of the thoughts and of the human heart was only evil all the time. Okay, so pause for a moment. So when you sit back and think that the world can't get any worse than what it once was, we have not gotten to the point where we've grieved God enough to where he's wanted to wipe it out. That already happened. The world might be bad. It's not that bad. Okay? We can still live in this world. We can still do great things. 
The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I have created and with them, the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. See, in the few, very few short chapters of Genesis, the start of it, where we read the start of creation, within six chapters, which is, of course, over a couple thousand years or so, or whatever you want to call it, human history just went off the deep end. Humans are not really good at managing their lives on their own. They were so deceitful, so selfish, they grieved God to the point where God wanted to wipe the slate clean, start over, and he did, with the exception of eight people. And how did he do it? With water. Death came from the flood, and out of the flood came new life. Water washed away what was bad and allowed the newness to come. Another account of the baptism is the story of Jonah. Jonah runs from his call to be the prophet to Nineveh and tell people to turn away from the, the ways that they're living and, and turn back to God. He doesn't want to do it, and so he's swallowed up into the great fish, taken into water for three days. And Jonah recounts, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. The roots of the mountains, to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. The water and the fish that that was inside the fish represented the symbol of death, cleaning, rebirth, salvation, all from the Old Testament. So we don't find baptism in the same form that we see in the New Testament. We see it in these greater schemes. But the same pattern, death being washed away, new life being brought, redemption, rebirth, renewing. So is baptism important? Very much so it is. It really, really is. It's more than just being dipped in water. It's, it's more than that. It represents where your life has been and where your life is going. A recognition that we, that we live, when we live without God, it leads towards death. When we live with God, it, it re, it, it's, it's like it's all this symbolic new life, this new thriving, this new way of living. It recognizes the work of the triune God that saves us, that what we can do is not on our own power. And I love what Peter wrote. That's a pledge of a clear conscience towards Christ. It's a renewing of your mind. It's a renewing of your heart. It's another starting point. That understanding that our faith is in God. And in all the craziness of the world that has to offer, we have a chance to say, it's okay. I don't need to stress. I'm washed. I'm clean. I might not understand it, but it's going to be okay. So that's baptism. That's the starting, another starting point of our faith. And so if you're here and you haven't been baptized, if you're watching online and you haven't been baptized, we can make that happen as soon as next Sunday. We'll figure out a way. We'll make it happen because we want to celebrate with you. If you haven't been baptized, which a lot of you have, Find ways to recount in that story. Find the joy in that story and let it revive you a little bit and get excited about what's going on, what God is bringing you and what it's God bringing you to do. But that being said, I want to pray for us. We're going to head on home after this. I've got a couple of announcements for you and then uh, we will 
meet back again for the next starting point. So it's going to be good. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for being true from start to finish in Scripture, that we see the work of redemption and salvation all the way through from the Old Testament into the New Testament. Thank you for showing us a way of, of what it could mean for us to show publicly to the world of who we live for. We also thank you for not wiping out the earth again. But as we go through our walk in life, God, will you continue to give us the words to speak to others, to bring them into the joy that we have in our hearts that they come to salvation by faith and we can celebrate with them through the the holy act of baptism. God, you're amazing. We love you. In all things we say, amen.